Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Olivia Mentor. And today we are talking about nostalgic reads that we read when we were kids and teenagers. And we have lots of listener voicemails with what you read when you were a kid or a teenager. Yeah, I loved hearing all of these voicemails, and I love thinking about this topic lately a lot, as I mentioned last week, so I think it's going to be good. It's so interesting, too, because I was talking to my friend Allie last night, who I'm on this trip with right now, and the books that she she said were most important to her in childhood, I'd never heard of. So it's so interesting to hear the different things that people are into, and then to see which ones are the ones that are universal, too. Yeah, there were so many that I had never heard of at all. I know. So, yeah. Before we get into it, should we do some highs and lows? Yeah. Uh, talk to me about your high. Oh, my God. My high is this trip. But more specifically, we went to Ronda, which is a small city in southern Spain. It is magical. I have no idea how I'd never heard of it. I have no idea how it's not more mainstream it is the absolute prettiest place i have ever been like it is just so pretty the whole thing like part of it kind of looks like santorini with like the white buildings and like a little village set up and then there's just like so much natural beauty it's on a cliffside and there's this like huge historic bridge and even just looking at the buildings built on top of this gigantic cliff face is so incredible my jaw was on the floor the whole time we were there i'm ready to be called up. I'm I'm a Rhonda enthusiast and I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to offer my services as a Rhonda spokesperson. It looked magical. Like totally different than anywhere I'd seen before. This is just me observing your Instagram post. So clearly, yes, I'm endorsing you for, you know, honorary citizen promoter of Rhonda. Oh my God. But it looked magical. Does that job exist? Sign me up. I, I think it does. The other thing that was so wild about this place is, you know, when you go to like somewhere that's a small town like this, you you kind of expect the food to be mediocre or you expect there to be one or two good restaurants. There were so many good restaurants. The food looked so good. So much good meat and cheese. Oh my God. The food was incredible. It wasn't just like one restaurant that was good. There were so many places. So we oh my gosh we enjoyed ourselves and it was like the perfect size where it was like enough to explore but not so much that you were overwhelmed so it was a perfect mix of seeing somewhere new and relaxing go to Rhonda you go to Rhonda anyone listening go to Rhonda what have we been doing with our lives not being in Rhonda I'm asking myself the same question really oh man tell me about your high So my high is something I don't think I've talked about on the podcast before, but I am doing two group trips with Trova Trip. So basically, they plan group trips to different locations. Uh, They pair you with like local guides and excursions. And yeah, I'm doing two of them with them. And I'm making them like reading, writing retreats. So basically, the main focus is on traveling with a group and meeting new people. But then the secondary focus is finding opportunities to be creative and to write and to journal and to read. And so I have one trip to Vermont in May and then one trip in October 2023 to England and the Cotswolds, which are in England. Anyway, they're filling up and I'm like, I didn't know if anyone would come. I was like, just going to be me on the trip alone in Vermont. But no, a lot of people are coming. So I'm excited. I'm not surprised at all. I was in Philly when you launched the Vermont one and I told you I think it's gonna sell I was like this is gonna sell out in no time this sounds like such a no-brainer for 
people who follow you. I feel like this makes so much sense. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. What about the low end? Oh, the low end. So I feel like this time of year is always really difficult for me. And I'm always like, I don't know why I'm really struggling right now. And it's always like, oh, maybe it's work. Maybe it's writing. Maybe it's body image. And then I realized that this is this was the time of year that my really close friend died. Her name was Ashley in 2017. And she she died like the second week of November. But then we had seen each other exactly a month before. And it was like the first time we had managed to plan this group trip with my four best friends from high school. It took us so long to plan, but we finally did it. And then a month later, she, you know, she, she died. She was in a car accident. And I don't know, there's something about the in-between period of that month that always just seems to linger. Like this idea that I went that whole month having no idea that like in days and weeks, like I would just never see her again. And so I feel like I feel not over it. You never get over something like that. But you know how they, I think there's a book called like the body keeps score or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's about how you, you like your body remembers that it's that time of year. And I, I've always kind of been like, I don't know if that's true, but I think it's true because this time of year, I, I always like feel like I'm struggling emotionally and I think it's tied to that. Anyway, there's lots of other stuff going on, (laughs) but maybe there's someone out there that can relate to that. But yeah, that's where I'm at. You know, it'll be okay. I'm so sorry you're in that. Thanks. That that's really nice. Yeah, it's it's hard, but it it will pass. <laughs> what about you? I feel petty complaining about anything after <laughs> your low. No, no, please don't. I'm I'm honestly I'm mostly highs. I don't really have a low. The only thing that I can speak of as a low, I was telling you before we started recording, is I've like OD'd on walking. We've been doing like 20,000 step days for almost a week now. And my hip flexors, my hip flexors, man. <laughs> yeah, that'll get you. I feel like your low should be that you are not yet sponsored by the city of Rhonda. Oh, that's also a low. You should also <laughs> see how I'm sitting right now. I'm in Madrid right now still. I have like the end table and then I have the trash can upside down on the end table and then my computer on top of it. But then I now I'm like kind of straddling the trash can. I have both my legs up on the table because they hurt. <laughs> I like how you're straddling a trash can, but that's not the low. No. That's how you know you're having a great time that's just in Spain. My, that's my natural habitat. There's nothing, nothing to see here. The past two weeks when I was recording in North Carolina, I was always like on the ground, like in... And I just, I'm not physically built to sit on the ground anymore. It's just like, it's not, it's not happening for me. Anyway, should we, should we get into some book talk? We should, but before we get into it, I need to know, you said last week that you were going to download the face on the side of the milk carton. Did you read it? Okay. So I've been really lazy and I haven't recharged my Kindle. However... I ordered it on Amazon. Uh-huh. I was very surprised to find that the cover has been redone. It's like Ooh. a little more modern. And so the cover now is like <laughs> a shadowy figure inside a jug of milk. <laughs> I think. Um, but it's like what much more modern. Anyway, it's arriving today and I'm going to read it and I will uh, talk about it maybe in our next three things episode or something. Wow. I, I have can't. a feeling it's going to be a journey. I can't wait. 
Me either. Me either. I can't wait. I feel like it's either going to be awesome or awful and there's really no in between. Absolutely no in between at all. Well, so we divided things up into elementary school, middle school, and high school. So let's start with elementary school. What books were most important to you in elementary school? So I remember loving the Nancy Drew series, of course. I think that was like the first time I was like, oh, mysteries. They're really fun to read. Classic. Also, the Dear America series that I mentioned last episode, which is historical fiction. And then two other ones that I have very vivid memories of reading. Uh, one is Anne of Green Gables by L.M. Montgomery. I Did you ever read Anne of Green Gables? No, I'm not an Anne of Green Gables person. I never read it, but Grace is, was, oh, yeah. is. That makes sense. <laughs> she read taste in books. There was a contemporary remake of Anne of Green Gables, a book called Anne of Manhattan last year, and she read oh, it. Interesting. Yeah, I never I'm not like a fanatic. Like I haven't watched the new I think there's a new series on Netflix that's come out in the last five years or so. But yeah, I loved that. And the one that I remember so vividly, though, that I think about all the time is this book called Homecoming by Cynthia Voigt. Have you ever read this? I've never heard of it. Okay, so I thought that I conjured it up in like a fever dream or something, but I Googled it. It's correct. I was Googling. It. I was like, story of four children left at a grocery store by their mother. And yeah, it's a real thing. So anyway, it's about these four siblings who are abandoned at a grocery store And they have to basically make their way to, I think, Rhode Island together. So it's sort of like a survival story, (laughs) which I found that I really like. Anyway, it really stuck with me. I remember reading it cover to cover, absolutely loving it. Please, someone out there, tell me you've read this too, and I'm not totally losing my mind. I'm sure you're not the only one. I mean, I hope not. I don't know. But yeah, it came out in like 1981 or something, which is a solid 12 years before I was born, so I'm not sure how those, it ended up with me. Those childhood books have staying power. Oh, yeah. I You know, I googled, like, popular middle school, elementary school books just to sort of jog my memory, and they're all the same. Like, they're all the same things I was reading then, so they really have. But what about you? What were your favorite elementary reads? So I remember Bridge to Terabithia doing the rounds, I want to say in our fourth grade class. I want to say Whitney Holovac started it and then the, we passed around the book and the specificity i mm-hmm. was like there's a book about kids being abandoned and you're like i remember the exact person and that book is a it's a sobby book it's sad have you read it you know what i don't think i've ever read it well if somehow. you don't want to read it i just googled it and there is a 2007 movie starring anna sophia robb as the the main character I do remember that. Is Oprah involved in that? Oh, good question. Why do do I feel instinctually that Oprah was involved? No. According to according to Wikipedia, she's not. Are you thinking confused with a wrinkle in time? Yeah. Yeah, you might be. So I remember Bridge Terabithia being like very key. We have a listener voicemail to support this. It's not just me. Hi, my name is Justine, and I am calling from Ontario, Canada, in London. Um, one of my nostalgic reads from uh, being a kid and a teenager, I mean, of course, is Harry Potter. I still frequently reread that. But also, the, the first book that I remember having a huge impact on me was Bridge to Terabithia. I remember sobbing in my living room after reading the ending of that book. 
Thanks. Enjoy the rest of your day. And then another one that was important to me was Island of the Blue Dolphins. Did you read that? Oh my gosh. Yes. Seeing this on your list jogged my memory. I remember loving this. So unfortunately, I'm given to understand that it has since been canceled. Oh. Um, Just kidding. I hated it. (laughs) Why? What happened? I don't remember really what it's about. I just remember liking it. What's wrong with it? So it's from the 1960s, I guess. All right. It was canceled because I don't remember the plot. Like, I just remember the dolphins and being like, she swims with the dolphins. And that was the part that really stuck out to me. Yeah, it seems like it's also a survival story, which makes sense that I would like it. Stranded alone for years on an island off the California coast. Oh, it's based on the life of an American Indian woman who spent 18 years in isolation. Did you know this? No, I barely remember Um, the plot of the book. I just remember that she swam with dolphins. Okay, so I'm reading an article on the National Park Service website, and apparently this was a real Native American woman. Interesting. Maybe that's why it's problematic. Yeah, it's written by a white man, so that could be it. I don't... Yeah, that'll do it. I'm trying to trying to find like a blurb like a quick sentence that tells me why of the blue dolphins controversy i'm reading a a blog that says i'm horrified after revisiting my favorite book from elementary school oh no let's see apparently the native americans in the book are portrayed historically inaccurately but also poorly i don't doubt that at all and discriminatory yeah that makes sense that makes sense So we won't give that more airtime. Another one for me was Walk Two Moons, which I see is on your list for middle school. Yeah, I I saw that too. I was like, I don't know which age it was. Maybe late elementary school or something. I don't know. But I I too remember loving this. That's all I can really remember. I think it's about a, a mother or something. I think it's about a road trip with... I think the mother dies and the daughter takes a road trip with her grandparents Without Googling it, that's what I would say. Yes, you are correct. Incredible memory. Wow, I just as easily could have been wrong. (laughs) I remember that. I'm very impressed. You know what? Okay, so we got some voicemails about the Babysitter's Club, but I loved the Babysitter's Club Little Sister books. What were those? I can't remember which babysitter it is, but one of them had a little sister named Karen, and it's about her. Oh, Karen. Karen. Nothing like when I picture a little sister. Her name is Karen. Five five year old. Her name is Karen. Yep. Um, I loved the little sister books. I actually never got into the the full Babysitter's Club books because I was like, I guess I was over it. Oh, you know, the other thing that was so important to me, the American Girl doll books. Because I never read those. I loved the American Girl dolls. And so then I needed to know all about their story. And so my first one was Samantha. And I remember like just being so into her books and needing to know her and her grandmare, grandmare. Grandmare. (laughs) I remember that as a thing. (laughs) Oh, I I loved those. Um, The other thing that I hadn't thought about in a really long time, I used to love choose your own adventure books. I don't have a specific one. What are those? What? 
I mean, I know the concept of choose your own adventure, but like, give me an example. Like they were usually scary or survival type books and you would read like a passage and then it would give you a choice about what you wanted to do. So it would be like, you're walking through the woods and to the left is some scary trees and to the right is a house. Do you walk towards the scary trees or do you go to the house? And you pick one and then it tells you what page to flip to. And the whole thing is dependencies that the story is completely different depending on which things you you choose. So I would not only read them, but then I would try to go down the the different paths that you could go to to see what else could have happened. Yeah, I've never read a book like that. Oh, my gosh. It sounds like something I would enjoy, but I never have. Oh, I loved those as a kid. It sounds great. Oh, they were so entertaining. Why don't we take some voicemails from listeners and hear what they were loving in elementary school? Hi, guys. This is Sarah calling from New York. I love your podcast, and I always love when you put out for listener info. So my favorite book as a kid was Ghost in the Garden. I had to look it up. It was by Carol Berman, and I must have read that book like 100 times. I My mom probably still has a copy of it. And then as I got older, I was obsessed with Babysitter's Club. I read every single book. I wanted to be Marianne and have Logan as my boyfriend. And they were just hashtag goals. Thanks again. Bye. Hi, Olivia and Becca. My nostalgic childhood reads are the Ramona books by Beverly Cleary. I was introduced to the wonderful Ramona Quimby when I was about eight, when a friend from America sent over one of the books for my Christmas. And I loved and still do love how feisty and independent and unapologetically herself Ramona is, even when that means that sometimes her path through life is a bit challenging or a bit difficult or she feels hurt. I remember so many of the scenes and moments from the books clearly still, and I actually rebought them a few years ago and reread them as an adult. I think Ramona's just a character for the ages, and I really hope that as an adult she's still out there somewhere thriving. Thank you. And Olivia, my name is Kate. I live in DC and I'm calling with a childhood book, although it has to be books because I cannot pick just one. Um, two that I loved growing up were the Cam Jansen Mysteries by David Adler. And I also loved anything by Sharon Creech, but particularly Bloom Ability, which was about a girl who went to boarding school in Switzerland. So can't wait to hear other people's uh, recommendations. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Hi, Becca and Olivia. This is Kate from St. Louis. I was just calling about some books that make me nostalgic for childhood. Um, my grandma was actually a librarian, so she always brought home books from her school for me to read. And while Harry Potter was really defining for me because I was in fourth grade, I would say the book that makes me most nostalgic for childhood is Ella Enchanted. There was just something magical about a princess with a lot of personality and and spunk that I aspired to be. I would also say that Matilda makes me nostalgic for childhood. Also, the movie and Brucey eating the chocolate cake is something I will always remember. When I was a fourth grade teacher, I had the ability to teach that to my class and relive the magic in their eyes. Um, Just want to say... I really enjoy listening to both of you um, and all your recommendations, and I'm really excited for the book club this month. The book was amazing. We are bright and beautiful. Thanks again. Bye. 
Hi, Becca and Olivia. When I think back to childhood reading, it started with the Chronicles of Narnia series. You know that experience of being really into a book, but you have to put it down and go do other things, but you can't stop thinking about the book. That series was the first time I ever experienced that, and I was locked in as a reader for life. The next most memorable was sixth grade when I read The Witch of Blackbird Pond, The Giver, and the Wrinkle in Time series. I read a lot now as an adult, but that singular year was my personal golden age of reading. I think I loved these books because they were about young people making difficult choices, noticing the good, the bad, and the ugly about the world around them, and carving out a path and an identity for themselves. They were perfect for my very dramatic preteen self. And now I'm just realizing that I've had a thing for emotionally heavy fiction from the start. This also has me wondering, if you were readers as kids, what kinds of books and themes did you like? And do you see those same kinds of books and themes show up in the books you choose to read and enjoy reading as an adult? Just a thought. Thank you. Bye. Hi, Becca and Olivia. My name is Lisa, and the book series that I loved growing up were the Fudge books by Judy Bloom. It started with Tales of Fourth Grade Nothing and then um, Fudge and Me, uh, Fudge, some Double Fudge, uh, Fudge Mania, and they were super comforting to me. I'm not even sure why. I started, read them in second grade, started them in second grade, and then I bought all of them and read them. And as a kid with anxiety, whenever I was feeling anxious, I would read those books. So I think I've read them, I don't know, 15, 20, more than that times. And I even took them to college with me. And I'm getting ready to move into my first house. Right now I'm 31. And I was just packing the other day and I found my original copy of Super Fudge, the second book in the series, which was just a nice moment for me to remember that I've grown a lot, but I still have fond memories of those books. Thanks. Okay. So moving on to middle school, Mm -hmm. tell me, we have some overlap here as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell me what you were reading and loving. I was reading a lot of chicken soup for the teenage soul. Were you? (laughs) Yes. I have this vivid memory of like flipping through to certain stories. I'm sure it was all like first, like, boyfriend girlfriend things like wanting to read about that i yes i read it so much it was a thing like in the early 2000s it was such a thing and i remember that i think my mom had chicken soup for the soul the adult version there was chicken soup for everyone's soul <laughs> such a strange concept when you i guess it was just basically a book of heartwarming stories with life lessons was that what it was yeah just or, like or short... inspirational stories yeah. I yeah. mean, I guess it makes sense, but... I think they had kind of vaguely religious undertones, too. That feels right to me. It feels right to me. But I loved Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul. And I remember there being, like, it was like volume one, volume two, volume three. And there I... Were, <laughs> there are so many. I there loved so them. Many. Let me Google how many there are. Oh, I... Like, in the whole Chicken Soup universe? Yeah. Guess how... <laughs> Ninety-seven, two hundred and seventy-six. Oh, they said we're capitalizing. Whoever this in, we're wrote honest. chicken soup for the soul must be 
just living in a chicken soup mansion. I mean, the chicken soup for the Soul Empire. It's wow. It came out in 1993. So that's pretty prolific. Wow. Wow. Throwback. Wow. Okay, what else? The other thing that really sticks out to me from middle school was The Giver. Oh, loved it. I loved The Giver. And the, the specific part in The Giver that stands out to me is the section where, is it a boy who's The Giver or a girl? I can't even remember what gender the main character is. But they get yeah, a sunburn. Boy. They experience a sunburn. I don't remember this but maybe if you expand i will it was just like you know how they had to like feel all of the experiences that right yes they had an experience so they knew them and one was sunburn and they were like oh and i I don't know why that really (laughs) stuck with me (laughs) i i love i think this is a book that probably has held up very well yeah and i feel like this is a very universal book that i feel like a lot of middle schoolers get obsessed with yeah yeah, it's really stood the test of time. Did you ever see the movie with Taylor Swift? Who's Taylor Swift in it? The Giver? I don't remember, but I remember watching it in a movie theater and she's like playing the piano. I don't know who no, she I is have in it, not but she's seen in that. it. She's not The Giver. I have not seen that. Should I? <laughs> give, it, give it a watch. Why not? <laughs> okay. Uh, that's all I can remember from middle school. What about you? I, too, loved The Giver. I already talked about this, but I loved Hatchet by Gary Paulson. Hatchet is the plane crash, right? Yeah. And he has to like survive in the mountains. Okay. I think. Love again. Love a survival story. I guess that's just. Do you like the TV love show the Lost? Show Naked and Afraid. Oh, yes. I loved Lost. Okay. Loved. Okay. That tracks. Another one that I didn't put on the outline, but that I was obsessed with was, I think it was an American Girl book, but it was like called The Care and Keeping of You. Yes. About puberty. And it, yes. And it like taught you how to insert a tampon yeah and i just remember thinking like this is my guide to existing in the world as i go forward like without this i mean i'm sure i could have talked to my mom but i didn't feel comfortable doing that (laughs) like it was so like embarrassing to me so i was just like this this will take me through life i gotta wonder what that meeting was like where they're like you know how our whole empire is built around dolls you know what we should move into puberty (laughs) they're like we need to hire an illustrator who can somehow make it helpful but also whimsical yeah um describing how to insert a tampon the girls are growing out of their dolls what are they growing into tampons i can see the like illustrations so clearly but i think it was kind of ahead of its time in a way the book that i had to teach me about sex i can't remember what it was called but i remember it being incredibly inclusive where all of the people that were shown in it were of different races and differing abilities and there were fat people and short people and tall people and skinny people and i remember it being very inclusive yeah i kind of remember that about the care and keeping of you book as well Hmm. good on them yeah Let's listen to some listener voicemails about what everyone else was reading in middle school. Hi, Olivia and Becca. My name is Erin, and I'm so excited that you guys are doing a podcast episode on our past favorite books for nostalgic purposes. My favorite books were Sweet Valley High, just as a series. I think they were so good because they were drama, but they were also very visual, and I felt like once you got finish with one, you can anticipate the next one. Um, I liked those a lot. And then also Goosebumps, just because they're eerie and a little bit scary, but also 
really appetizing too. I was so excited to hear about your request for books that we loved as kids. Oh, by the way, I'm Jordan. I should have mentioned that. I love the podcast. Anyway, I was obsessed with the series The Click by Lisey Harrison. Hopefully I said her first name right. I would wait at Barnes & Noble with my grandmother the day that they were coming out to buy the book and go home and read it, oftentimes being allowed to skip school just to read the new book that came out from the series. And it was just such a special thing with my grandmother, and she has passed on now, and I just have the best memories of going to Barnes & Noble and getting these books with her and going home and reading them with her immediately. It was probably in middle school. But I will always have a huge piece of my heart dedicated to the Click series by Lisey Harrison, and hopefully others do too, because they're good. Hey, Becca and Olivia, it's Lisa, and I'm just calling to talk about books that we loved as kids and teenagers, and my favorite book series was The Start of the Traveling Pants by Anne Brasher's. All five books were amazing. I went to the movie theater when the movie came out. I was in middle school, high school, when these books were being released and reading them, relating so much to Carmen and just having a character like that, that I saw a representation of myself and was amazing. Having such close friends, I always wanted to start a letter train during the summer with friends and mail things back and forth to each other. I just thought it was amazing. And I'm hoping that my daughter will read this series when when she gets a little bit older. I can't wait. Thanks. Love you guys. Bye. Hi, Becca and Olivia. This is Sarah from Baltimore, longtime listener and fan of the podcast. I'm calling in to share my favorite book or really series of books from when I was a kid, and the one I always go back to is a series called The Amazing Days of Abby Hayes. I love these books. I think there's maybe two dozen in the series. I read every single one, and I think the first one that I bought, I um, got it from my school's Scholastic Book Fair, so there's even more nostalgia for you. But um, the books are about a middle school girl named Abby and just her stories of life, navigating relationships with friends and family and classmates, and I loved them. And one of my favorite things, too, is that Abby was a avid writer and journaler, if that's a word. Um, she wrote in her journal a lot. And um, the books included excerpts from her journal, and those excerpts were always written in different text to make it look like a middle school girl's handwriting. And she also always wrote in her journal in purple pen. So those excerpts were also always printed in purple text, which I thought was so cool. And when I was that age, I was also a really avid journaler. So I started writing in my journal with purple pen because of Abby. And now I am 30 years old and I'm still journaling and still writing in my journal with purple pen, mostly out of habit now. But sometimes I think back to reading those books and why I started writing in purple pen in my journal. But yeah, anyway, thanks for the great work you two do on the podcast. And I'm looking forward to listening to the episode. Hi, Becca and Olivia. This is Catherine. I've been rereading some of my nostalgic faves this year, specifically the Princess Diaries series. I was obsessed with Meg Cabot as a teen and still have two full shelves of her books in my home 12 years later. 
Rereading them now, I can see how much of my personality was shaped and reassured by Mia Thermopolis. She was weird and anxious and awkward and neurotic and funny. She was always concerned about serious issues and how she could help literally solve them as the ruler of a small nation. But she was also very concerned about even more serious issues, like who was hotter, Seth Cohen or Chad Michael Murray in a Cinderella story. She really understood that it was all about balance. We were the same age and grew up together, and I will always be grateful to Meg Cabot and Amelia Mionette Grimaldi Thermopolis Ronaldo, Princess of Genovia. This was also just one of those very rare cases where the movie and the book are extremely different, but still both perfect. I can't not mention how much I love Sarah Dessen. The Truth About Forever meant so much to me that I wrote my personal essay about it for my college application. In closing, I love Ott's YA and owe so much of myself to those authors. Bye. What about high school, Olivia? I feel like this is where you came into your full powers because I see the first thing on your list. Yeah, so high school, I was in high school when Twilight came out, or maybe late middle school, but high school was when the movies came out. And so I started getting, you know, very obsessed. And so I really liked Twilight. Hi, this is Gabby from St. Paul, Minnesota. The Twilight books actually came out when I was in middle school. And I remember when my mom um, gave me the, you know, the original, the first Twilight book. And it literally changed my life forever. That was the first night that I remember staying up until like two, three in the morning to finish a book when I was like 12 years old. And it changed my life forever because after that, I, you know, really became a fan of grown up reading and have been a voracious reader ever since. They're still my comfort reads. I've read all of them multiple times since just because they just bring me back to that place. And I just, I absolutely loved them and fell in love with them. I was very into like classic books, partially because I think I felt like they were like the the real books, which was obviously misguided. But I also just really enjoyed a lot of them. So I remember loving Lord of the Flies. Okay. <laughs> Again, survival, I guess that's a theme. And then, of course, I loved like all of the women's Brit lit. I love Wuthering Heights and Jane Eyre, Pride and Prejudice, Emma. Like I couldn't get enough of all of that. Loved it. And The Awakening by Kate Chopin, I guess is how you would pronounce it. But I actually, over the weekend, bought Wuthering Heights and The Awakening. Ooh. And The Awakening is the same exact copy that I had in high school. Like it's this tiny little book. It was $5. And it has this like very like 1990s, 1980s illustration on the front. I kind of wanted like a more elevated cover, which for Wuthering Heights, I got one of the pretty hardbacks. But um, anyway, I'm going to, if I have time with all the 1000 other books I've purchased and received in the past three weeks, I am going to read them and I will report back. It's nostalgic girl fall. Yeah, exactly. What about you? Oh, man, I can't think of anything else that I read in high school other than sloppy firsts that I mentioned last episode. I do remember one other book. I could not find the name of it. So first of all, in high school, we used to hang out at the Barnes and Noble and there was a Starbucks at the center of it. And we used to get Frappuccinos and do our homework there. And we're very into Barnes and Noble. And I remember I remember browsing a bunch of books, buying a bunch of books, but I can't remember what any of them were. 
But I do remember I was obsessed with the skulls, the secret society at Yale, mostly because of the Joshua Jackson, Paul Walker movie called The Skulls. Did you, are you familiar with either? I've never heard of any of this. This is all new to me. Okay. So I hope I don't get us like murdered, you know, (laughs) Um, but this is true. This is like real life. There are secret societies at Yale and the most famous of which is called the Skull and Bones. And I think like six presidents have been members or something crazy, like both of the Bushes, but there've also been others, maybe Taft. I don't know. Anyway, and there's all of these rumors. Like it's it's kind of like akin to Illuminati rumors, how, Ooh. you know, they have they're fixing we financial markets. <laughs> yeah, they're fixing <laughs> financial markets and, you know, just making people president and whatnot. I was obsessed. There was this book that was like an expose book on the skulls. And I remember being so obsessed with it. That sounds like something I would love. You would love the movie, I think. I you would love the movie. It's like teen it's conspiracy theory, teenage Joshua Jackson. Who? That sounds that sounds great. Who? I wish I could remember more. I also am really jealous that you had Twilight come out when you were in high school because wow. I was in my yeah, early twenties. It was a cultural experience for sure. But I am glad to hear that the hanging out in Barnes and Noble is like a universal thing. Well, I went to high school in Florida too. So maybe it was a Florida thing. Maybe they had that good air conditioner. Mm -hmm. But actually once (laughs) my friends and I spent so much time there that once we had this idea during school to write notes on like hundreds of tiny pieces of paper. And then we hid them in very... (laughs) various books in the Barnes and Noble. That's so like, cute. Think, like thinking that I don't really remember what they said, but I feel like that's the I'm... whole plot of Dash and Lily's <laughs> Book of Dares. Oh, really? I've never read that. It's well, I've only seen the TV show. Yeah. One of them finds a note in a book at the Strand, I feel like. Oh, so not I, a Barnes well, and Noble. If anyone out there has been to the Carolwood Barnes and Noble in Tampa, Florida, and got a weird note. God only knows what we wrote. I was going to say, what did the notes say? Were they like affirmations? Like you look beautiful or were they creepy? I think probably half, if I had to guess, half of them were just really weird and mm-hmm. half of them were like nice. And then there was probably some that were just like our phone numbers. Okay. <laughs> or sure, sure. like our Facebooks or something. Sure, probably sure. MySpace. But at the time it felt very like, I don't know, fun. Let's hear what you were reading in high school. Hi, Beth and Olivia. This is Rachel from outside Chicago. Thanks so much for the podcast. Love listening to it every week. One book that I loved as a teenager was The Myth of You and Me by Leah Stewart. And it speaks to the dynamic of female relationships and how you can be so close at one time and that might not last over time. And I just think it was really helpful to kind of understand or have a framework for friendships and as those change over time in my life. Thanks so much. Hi, Olivia and Becca. My name is Madeline. When I read the call for Nostalgic Reads, I immediately knew that I had to mention Sarah Dessen's books. I just have such a strong memory of being out of school for a summer and going to the YA room of the library and checking out giant stacks of books. 
Side note, I will stand behind my assertion that library summer reading program for the original Goodreads. But anyway, Sarah Dessen's books just take me right back to summer, probably in middle school or high school. But the one that stands out the most to me is Along for the Ride, which also just became a Netflix movie recently. And I haven't gone back to read the books in years, so I'm not sure if they hold up, but I think I might be inspired to do that now. Thanks. Bye. Hi, Becca and Olivia. My name is Erin. I'm a huge fan of the podcast, and I'm super excited to share with you one of my favorite reads as a teenager. So this one is called The Summoning. It is the first book in the Darkest Powers trilogy by Kelly Armstrong, and it follows a 16-year-old girl named Chloe who goes to high school one day and discovers the ghost of a dead janitor in her hallway. So, of course, she freaks out, and this freakout results in her being sent to Lyle House. Lyle House is supposedly a group home for troubled teens, but once arriving, Chloe quickly finds that she is actually a necromancer, so she can talk to ghosts, see ghosts, all that crazy stuff. And she and some of her fellow Lyle housemates quickly get to know each other and discover that things are not all as they seem at Lyle House and that some of the people running the show might have some nefarious plots. Loved this one because it has a broody love interest, some great female friendships, a little bit of mystery, and I just remember being so excited that I got to uh, witness the third book come out live, and that was really the first experience I had of, of realizing that I could get a book upon release and be super excited about it with the rest of the reader community. So all around, a really special book to me, and I would highly recommend it if you're looking for a little bit of a spooky, fun QYA this season. Thanks so much, guys. Excited to listen. Before we get into End Matter, I just want to play one more voicemail. And this first book sounds really interesting to me. Hi, Christine here. So instead of mentioning the books I read when I was younger, which I'm sure are super similar to many of your guys's, I wanted to instead talk about two more recent books meant for our sort of demo that do deep dives into all of those texts from their grown-up adult perspective, if that makes sense. Um, the first one is called We Are the Babysitter's Club, and it's this collection of essays edited by Marissa Crawford and Megan Milks. And it's just really cool. It has lots of essays and even a little bit of artwork from lots of different people who were influenced by the Babysitter's Club. They talk about things like race and sexuality and just kind of growing up in general. The other one is a really just kind of just all-encompassing, really like beautiful book. It's all in color called Paperback Crush by Gabrielle Moss. And I swear it just talks about every single book I read from ages 9 to 15. There's Nancy Drew, Sweet Valley High, R.L. Stein, Girl Crush, all those sad cancer books by Marlene McDaniel, which I don't really know why I read, but I did. I think it even talks about some of the teen magazines, but really it's just everything. And the writing's pretty solid. It's a little cheeky, and it's just kind of this really great nostalgic blast from the past. Anyways, that's it. Love you guys. Thank you for doing this. You know, I never read The Babysitter's Club, but I think this is a very interesting concept for a book. So. Did you watch the Netflix series? No. Me either. Okay, let's get into some end matter. Let's. What is your obsession? Okay, so I'm obsessed with a new, not new, new to me, game on my phone called 2248. 
And I have also successfully gotten Allie obsessed with it on this trip because she saw me playing it. And then I let her play on my phone and now she's playing on hers. And the beauty of it is, so basically you merge numbers together to create higher numbers. It's very hard to lose. And the game kind of just goes on forever. It is very soothing. Oh, I'll try that. It's like easy. It takes you a little while to get the hang of it because you have to merge the numbers with double. So first it's easy because it's 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64. But sometimes when you get higher, it gets a little confusing. But once you know the numbers, it's so easy. I I do it while I watch TV sometimes. It's great for in line anywhere if you're waiting. Hmm. And I've just been pretty anxious the past few weeks with book stuff going on. And I found that it's a salve to my my anxious brain. Oh, that's good to know. I always need that. <laughs> so I'll have to download it. The the one drawback is, is that there are a ton of ads. So I did upgrade to the ad-free version, which I think is only $2.99 for life. And I was like, worth it. Oh, well, I will write that down. Okay, tell me yours. Mine is just being home and being boring and being cozy. I just... You were away for so long, three weeks or so? Yes, three weeks. And then, yeah, so we came back. It's fall. I decorated for fall. I've been making lots of soups. You'd be very proud of me. I am. I made like a creamy tortellini soup last (gasps) night. Yum. But yeah, I just really just like my little space and my boring life. (laughs) And I'm happy to be here. I'm glad. That's all. What about reading? I finished Unlikely Animals by Annie Hartnett. I read this because Sarah from Sarah's Bookshelves had recommended it on our summer reading episode. Her descriptions lost any description I've read of the book. I was like, I don't know if this is for me, but I loved it. It's really hard (laughs) to describe, but it's kind of a family story, kind of a mystery. There's a little bit of supernatural in it, but the writing is just so lovely and I really, I just, I had a great experience reading it. It's really, there's so much going on. Like there's so much going on, but somehow it all works. Uh, So I really recommend that one. Okay, great. What about you? So I finished The Talented Miss Farwell, which I was reading last week. I loved it. It was so, so different than anything else I've read. And it really kept my attention all the way through. So highly recommend that. That's the art art scam book, not art heist, art scam book that I was talking about last week. And then I started and finished November 9th by Colleen Hoover. And I have been having major focus issues. I just, I can't focus on books and it's partially my book anxiety about my own stuff. It's not about any of the books that I've read. And I have found that like a Colleen Hoover, I can just take down, like the pace is so fast, you get sucked in. This is a romance, as opposed to some of her other books, and it is about an 18-year-old girl who meets this guy on November 9th, and they agree to do it this time next year, where they only see each other once a year on November 9th, and they kind of immediately spark and then, you know, but don't want to date each other because they want to live their lives before they inevitably fall in love, so they only can see each other on November 9th. Very cute. Great. Fast paced. Kept my attention. Few twists. Yeah. Always. This was good. This was really good. Yeah. This was my first one of hers that I read after Verity. So it was kind of like a a little bit of like 
Whoa. Oh, I read it a while ago. Could not put it down. Did you see the New York Times profile of Colleen Hoover? I did. I, I talked to my, my mom read it and she sent it to me. So we talked about it, but I didn't have time to read it myself. It's very interesting. And I feel like she's been just somebody who's kind of underestimated and disrespected because of the type of book she writes. And there was also an interesting quote in there about pressure that she felt early in her career to pick a lane and only write one type of book as opposed to like establish mm-hmm. her author brand and only write thrillers or only write romance as opposed to writing broadly. It's very interesting. We'll link it in the show notes if you haven't seen it and want to check it out. Yeah, I, I really am looking forward to reading it. I also loved her selfie that she posted after it. Did you see that? No. She was like, oh, I have so many new people here from the New York Times article. I guess I should post a really good selfie. And it was like this really ridiculous, like warped photo of her face. It's just funny. It was just I loved it. So that's what we've got for you. We've got to go because Olivia has to go read the face on the milk carton and find out if it's good or bad. I'm I it's going to be the highlight of my week or destroy everything I knew about my childhood. Either one, maybe both. Great. If you'd like more of us, come join us in the Facebook group. And if you missed submitting a voicemail for this episode, come tell us on the thread about this episode what your favorite books were when you were a child or a teenager. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Olivia Mentor. And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And we will see you next week for Book Club, which we didn't talk about, but it's happening. We're reading When We Were Bright and Beautiful by Jillian Madoff, which is a courtroom drama style thriller kind of about a rich family and sexual assault did i do that yeah that's 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 you covered most of it yes <laughs> seeing strong feelings still haven't read it seeing strong feelings in on the instagram thread so i'm excited for this chat yeah it's going to be a really good chat no matter what so i can't wait see you next week bye bye, bye.